Asbury. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to the Spin Chagrin, and this is episode 47. Only three more episodes to go after this. And last week's category was something to do with desserts. So, Frank, um, how did you uh, how'd you take this category, and what do you got for us? Well, you're in for a treat this evening. <laughs> <laughs> As I reuse a pun yeah. that I made earlier. Wasting it on yeah, a get non non recorded portion uh, of this conversation, yeah. Yep. Um, as soon as you said it, I actually knew what I was going to watch because it was something that um I've thought about watching before, but had never seen before. Uh, so we're going to talk about the 2005 um Gary Busey opus, The Ginger Dead Man. Holy shit! Okay. <clears throat> um. And then, as a special surprise, afterwards, we're going to talk about The Ginger Dead Man Part 2. Um, but Ginger Dead Man is our primary focus this evening. Um, so, this is a full moon feature. Um, full moon being probably the most prominent direct-to-video, low-budget production company of like the <clears throat> early 90s through the 2000s. Um, primarily focused on horror and horror comedy and schlock really um with some uh forays into the erotic comedy section mm. um so is this charles band again oh yeah this is definitely charles band okay um, so i was super excited after uh last week's um spin chagrin to revisit a charles band movie <laughs> Um, so the premise of the ginger dead man is that, um, Busey plays a killer named Millard Findelmeyer, um, who's a notorious serial killer and he's in a diner and is confronted by, um, these two guys, one guy, the father and the other, the brother of the Lee family. Um, and they're there with their sister, whose name is, are you ready for it? Yeah. Sarah Lee. <laughs> okay. So Findelmeyer murders, um, the, the father and the brother, um, but spares the life of Sarah Lee. Okay. Um, so he's off screen over the course of like some amount of time, like years or whatever, like captured and murdered in the electric chair okay um so after he's executed he's cremated and his mother who is a witch that is never explained or explored um steals his ashes and puts them into a gingerbread mix so the lees um sarah and her mother betty um run a pastry shop uh which is not very well maintained um betty has become an alcoholic because you know her husband and son were murdered like on some sarah palmer shit yeah sort of except okay. not like creepy at all just alcoholic okay. okay and played and played for laughs okay um so there's this guy named um, Jimmy Dean, 
who has bought the property across from the Lee's bakery and is going to open his own bakery um, and has a daughter named Lorna Dean, which is like Lorna Dune kind of. So everything has some sort of mm-hmm. con- confectionery or bakery pun to it. Um, so they offer Sarah this $50,000 cash buyout, which according to Lorna Dean can buy you a lot of things at Walmart. Um, so while working in the bakery, uh, Sarah and um, bakery employee Brick Fields, so like Mrs. Fields, mm-hmm. um, find a delivery at the back door that says gingerbread mix. Um, so even though they didn't order gingerbread mix and all their deliveries coming through the front, they're like, hey, like, must have just like missed this one. Um, so, you know, let's make some uh, some gingerbread. But while they're opening the package, Brick cuts himself. Um, and while they're trying to patch up his wound, his blood gets into the gingerbread mix. Okay. Um, so they start to make the gingerbread with his blood in it. And this tiny little fist comes out and is like shaking its fists, like whatever. So foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brick has to leave because he's an amateur wrestler and his um, gimmick is that he's the butcher baker and he's going to a thing called Wrestlepalooza. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sarah lets him leave and then she makes this gigantic gingerbread man um, and puts it in this giant oven to bake. Uh, so unbeknownst to Sarah, Lorna has snuck back and planted a rat, um, in the bakery so that the health department will shut him down. Um, but Sarah catches her and they start to fight each other. But when they're fighting each other, they hit this switch, which somehow causes all the electricity in the bakery to surge and basically, um, brings life to the gingerbread man that is filled with blood and that Sarah's put in the oven, which, like Frankenstein, brings it to life. Um, hmm. So after that, you're introduced to Amos Cadbury, who was <laughs> Lorna's boyfriend, who was waiting outside and came inside because he got tired of waiting. And he is like a Skeet Ulrich type. Okay. Um, where, like, he's this tattooed... Um, shirtless t-shirt wearing like ne'er-do-well um, but it, it turns out that he has a heart of gold so that's explored later mm. um, so when they're in there the ginger dead man jumps out of the oven and they're like oh my god like it's a living gingerbread man and he tells them that he's going to kill him um, so they start to like chase it around and they try and lock him in the freezer but he runs away um so no one's like super perturbed by the fact that there's an animated cookie running around the warehouse or around the bakery they're kind of just like nonplussed Mm. um and when like bad stuff starts to happen like the phone line is cut they don't really blame it on the ginger dead man sarah's more inclined to believe that it's the rat that lorna planted so Lorna calls her dad and is like, you know, you need to come and get me. Um, and at the same time, um, Betty, uh, who was sent home earlier by Sarah because she was drunk and um, their one of the, their employees, this girl, Julia, like took her home. 
So Betty sneaks back in and is looking for a stash of um, alcohol that she has hidden um, in a in the bakery. Um, but the ginger dead man um, jumps out and makes a pun, but I can't remember the pun, and then cuts Betty's finger off, um, which causes her to like fall over and pass out, and then. Um, she uh, so Julia comes and is like, Oh my god, what happened? And she's like, Giant cookie attacked me and chopped like a, there's a giant cookie running around. And she's like, Yeah, you're drunk. Um, but then Julia gets knocked out by a, fr- a frying pan, like the ginger dead man, ginger dead man pops up behind her and hits her on the head with a frying pan. So he puts Betty in the industrial oven. And then he drags Julia into a freezer um, where he coats her with frosting and puts two cherries over her boobs to look like nipples. Mm. Um, and then so she freezes. So okay. right. we, we need to get get some things clear here. Does Millard seem to understand his plight? Findelmeyer? Yeah. Like, does he yeah, seem yeah, to yeah. understand he, that he... he's now in a ginger man, ginger man? body like yeah he knows he knows what's up he um is fully aware that he's now an animated cookie okay um doesn't seem to mind too much like he's just focused on revenge um because it was sarah's testimony that caused him to uh go to the electric chair so he wants to um you know like murder the remaining lee family did, did he previously, before becoming a gingerbread man, seem to display the sense of humor that would lead towards him as the ginger dead man uh, making, like, puns and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, he was um, he was a gregarious fellow when he was murdering people. Okay. All right. It's, it's kind, of, um, kind of channeling the Woody Harrelson performance in Natural Born Killers. Uh, especially because it's set in a diner and right but there's no context to it he just happens to be in a diner with a gun and he's going to murder some people because they want to stop him from murdering other people i suppose okay. but he murders them and said anyway you're, you're you're getting getting off off topic like nothing matters in this okay. movie so just let's just stay focused okay but that does seem uh, to be consistent at least that's all i was looking for yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he's a it, it's not very witty but you know he's he's definitely trying to trying to lighten the mood by making like jokes when he's about to murder someone okay um so amos goes out to his car and gets his gun because of course he has a gun in his car uh to come back in because he wants to protect uh sarah and lorna um so then jimmy dean shows up um because you know lorna called him Mm -hmm. and he's looking around he's like Where's my daughter and her shit heels boyfriend? Because you know Amos is Lorna's boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, and the ginger dead man uh, gets into Jimmy's car and uses a rolling pin attached to his foot to rub the accelerator, and then runs Jimmy Dean into a wall and kills him. Okay, I want to point out. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe you want to point out the, up up to this point that the ginger dead man has had no success killing anyone because he hits julia with a frying pan but she's still alive and he slices at lorna or he slices at um betty i guess betty crocker is probably why she's called betty anyway 
um, slices at Betty and chops off her finger, but she's still alive as well. So he's really a pretty bad serial killer. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't understand the rolling pin thing, though. What? 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 Well, because he's I mean, even though he's a giant gingerbread man, he's still only about a foot tall. So he obviously can't sit in the seat of a car and have his stubby little legs hit the accelerator and also reach the wheel. Not that he can see over the wheel because he's definitely like like eye level with the horn, kind of. Um, So he's got to have the rolling pin in order to depress the accelerator. um, So he can then, and he also can't shift. There's really no explanation to how he's driving this. I've been under the impression though that the ginger dead man is like like human size. Oh no no no, he's tiny. I okay. mean, in comparison to a human, okay, he's like a foot tall. I mean, he's a giant for a gingerbread cookie, mm-hmm. um, but very small for a person. Okay. So, okay, um, so he he kills kills Jimmy Dean, and then Sarah makes this connection that the ginger dead man is actually Millard who has come back from the dead to seek revenge, even though there's no reason for her to think that because he never says anything to that point. He just kind of cackles and runs around like when they see him. Um, so uh, Lorna goes outside to find her dad, but then finds that he's dead. Um, so she's like, oh, daddy, I miss you so much. But then she robs his corpse. Like she steals his ring and just goes back inside. Um, probably buy some stuff from Walmart with the. Oh, I'm sorry. So before she goes outside, the ginger dead man didn't ginger dead man attacks her and slashes her face with a knife. Um, which she's like, uh, so the the joke is that she is the face of Waco, or the the pretty prettiest face of Waco, or something like that. Mm. Um, although really. Uh, Sarah's more attractive than she is so I don't know but anyway so while Amos and Sarah are inside you find out that when Amos was like six years old uh, he kissed um, Sarah at her birthday party and she smacked him in the face and they've kind of like been secretly in love with each other ever since Mm. Um, but Lorna ain't having that because she's like this isn't this is my man you stupid bitch or something i don't know um so while she's outside to get her dad lorna and amos go in the back to try and find the ginger dead man um and they share like a sweet moment and a kiss like in this back room um where they reveal their feelings for each other and amos says that he's only with lorna because she pays for the pizza and beer um and he's not very good at reading emotions so i guess he's like mildly autistic okay um and she has no emotions or human feelings so it's easy for him to be with her um so lorna is like basically just a terrible character um so anyway so then lorna comes back inside um and is like oh my god my dad's dead and she's like i'm getting the fuck out of here even though she was already outside and could have just gotten the fuck out of there but she comes back in for some reason Mm -hmm. so when she goes to run outside you find out that the ginger dead man has booby trapped the entire bakery because as she opens the door she hits a tripwire and a knife comes down and stabs her in the forehead and kills her Mm -hmm. so now the ginger dead man's kills her up to two one of which was indirect because he didn't actually do it it was like a booby trap that did it but still two dead people okay um so after she's dead lorna and amos are like yeah we're we we got the hots for each other um 
so not really super concerned about the death of this woman that was up to that point this man's girlfriend um so they they go into the one room and the oven is on and they look in and her mom is in there like cooking um so sarah goes in to attempt to rescue her from the oven um but the ginger dead man locks the door and then hits amos with a hammer and knocks him out um so then he's like running around instead of like murdering amos which would have been the smart thing to do um so amos shoots the door to the oven with a gun and sarah is able to um drag her mom outside um and save her from being incinerated so then brick all of a sudden shows back um up from his his wrestling event as okay. the butcher baker uh-huh. um but then the ginger dead man has amos's pistol so he starts shooting and the funniest thing is the ginger dead man is just like this the worst puppet in the world like it's it's not a very good puppet but what they do is they tuck the gun under his armpit and you okay. can see like a human finger like pulling the trigger and it's it's fucking amazing so even though like everybody is a couple feet away from the ginger dead man he does not manage to shoot any of them um so julia who was frozen um but they thought her out so she comes back to life and she hits the ginger dead man from behind and then brick wrestles her um and the ginger dead man is like what do you think you can do you wuss and he's like well i can eat you so then brick eats the ginger dead man's head um and he's apparently filled with jelly because all this stuff oozes out Mm. um so they're like ah you know we're finally safe um so brick turns around or no i'm sorry so they they all go outside and then Sarah's like, I got to go back inside and check on brick. And she goes back inside and he's got, um, Buffy vampire makeup on all of a sudden. And he's possessed by Millard. Mm. Um, so he's like, I've whatever, like I've taken over this, this pansy and I got a, I got a body and I'm going to kill you. And she's like, no, I know that Brick's still in there. Brick is my friend and he would never hurt me. And he's like, no, you stupid bitch. Like, I'm I, I'm in here. Like, I'm the only one that's here. And she's like, no, I know I can save you. So I had thought at this point there was going to be some kind of, like, internal struggle thing where Brick, you know, just, um, like, fights his way and, like, manages to, like, fight the possession. But now Amos comes back in and shoots him in the chest. Hmm. Um, and then... Sarah opens up the door to the oven and Julia pops up and they push um, Brick into the oven and turn the heat up and incinerate him um, in the oven. So at this point, I'm thinking like, and I, I, I'm I'm not going to lie, like I was genuinely enjoying the movie. I'm thinking like, so there's no way that they can have any evidence that there was the possessed spirit of a serial killer mm-hmm. inside this man and there's no evidence of the ginger dead man because brick ate him right? right so right basically they committed murder and like then there's also like several other bodies mm-hmm. and then i was thinking like you know if you were in that situation would you just tell the cops like look this dude went insane and murdered jimmy dean and lorna dean and this is the only way we could stop him because he was crazy because he's got like 
you know, wrestler strength or whatever. But they never address that. Um, mm. It just jumps to several months later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having a bake sale to raise money for a hospital okay. for some reason. Um, and they're selling their, like, cookies and shit. And these two kids come up and they're like, hey, you got any cookies? You got any gingerbread cookies? And they're like, wah, wah, no way, no gingerbread cookies here. Um, but then this nurse is like, oh, some old lady dropped off a box of gingerbread men. And they open the box and there's like, I don't know, like five gingerbread men in there. Um, and the gingerbread men all of a sudden get googly eyes because they're alive and the googly eyes are moving. Um, and one of the gingerbread men is bought by this woman um, who ships the box of gingerbread cookies to her sister in Los Angeles. And that's the end of the movie. So that's the ginger, ginger dead man. Okay. So someone, okay. So someone buys one of the gingerbread men and ships it to her sister in California. Okay. Does this pick up in the sequel? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So they knew there was going to be a sequel then and like added this like non sequitur of just this random person buying something and sending it to Los Angeles for the sequel. Okay. Only because I guess they figured at this point they could not have to bring back any cast um, from the original Ginger Dead movie and still like make their own movie or whatever. Um, Was the implication that the Ginger Dead man is is, is, is Miller still? Like, is it still his uh, ashes? I, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not Gary Busey in the sequel playing the Ginger Dead man. So, okay. Um, so yeah, so let me say this about Charles Band. Like the man does not make good movies, but the man puts a lot of effort into the bad movies that he makes. Um, so it's a ridiculous premise and it's definitely a full moon movie in the sense that the special effects aren't that great. And it's pretty much just shot in one location. So they probably spent like $10 on filming it. Um, and definitely has no actors of note in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, for an hour and 12 minutes or whatever the fuck it was like, it's, it's, it's a fun watch. Okay. And it was a dessert, you know, and there's all kinds of baking puns and, you know, it's fun, fun times, fun times. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Um, so the sequel picks up in Los Angeles uh-huh. where, and let me tell you this about the sequel is full moon video it, for several decades, really like the, the high watermark of like shit movie making, you know, and they, they milk their franchises and they have crossovers all the time. And some of their movies can be pretty decent. You know, they range from like fun and watchable to terrible. I mean, some of the full moon stuff is just trash. Um, and I think that like how much you can take watching like schlocky movies will kind of kind of lend itself to what your, your enjoyment level is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't, if you can't stand, if you can't tolerate bad performances, questionable dialogue and ridiculous premises like you're not going to enjoy right full moon video but if it, like if you're okay with that stuff i mean i i think that they're mostly pretty fun and aside from some of the earlier stuff like um puppet master and subspecies and um you know they, they don't really take themselves that seriously transfers doll man whatever like there's plenty of full moon stuff that 
is like pretty serious but for the most part they have a good sense of humor ginger dead man 2 subtitled the passion of the crust mm. um is one of the most self-aware parodies i think i've ever seen of a film studio just absolutely making fun of itself <laughs> um so the premise to ginger dead man 2 oh and let me tell you something and you you should look this up on youtube i don't know if you can do it now but the theme song for the ginger dead man which is set to the tune of bad reputation which is called run um where the the verse is all um and then the chorus is run you better run you better run run anyway so this is for ginger ginger dead man too well, Ginger Dead Man ends with um ends with this song, and then Ginger Dead Man Two opens with um a nursery rhyme about the Ginger Dead Man, and then also um ends with that song. Anyway, so Ginger Dead Man Two opens on the scene of this satanist like with these two vampire minions overseeing the sacrifice of this virgin through this ritual that's going to animate these toys um which is a direct like mockery of the dangerous toys uh franchise that um and also subspecies because of the vampires because they look like subspecies vampires so basically just like a mockery of like a couple full moon video productions um, and the toys are ridiculous. It's like the percolator, um, which is, or no, it's not the percolator. Fuck, I can't remember what they call it. It's basically like an old school like percolator with like two machine guns. There's a thing that's a giant living dildo. Um, there's a doll called the ship for brains. Um, anyway, so it turns out that they're on the set of this production by Cheatham Pictures. Cheatham Pictures being like the analogy for Full Moon Video. Mm. Um, where no one is getting paid and everyone hates each other and it's all a bunch of low budget um, actors and stuff. So the woman who's in charge of catering is this like big breasted like blousy I don't know. She's actually like played by a, like an old porn star I found out um, who I didn't recognize. But she has a box of um, cookies that were delivered from her sister in Waco, Texas, which turns out to be, you know. So when they open it up, the full size ginger dead man is there, even though like he's dead. And I'm like, it was just a little gingerbread cookie, not the ginger dead man. But I guess grew to a grew to full size like in Dorian trans- shipping okay yeah right so he comes to life um and basically i don't know how to describe this movie it's really just like the worst stereotypes of anyone that you can so so there's a kid there 
that is part of the Make-A-Wish. And the kid is, they don't call it the Make-A-Wish. They call it Rainbow Kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like obviously a fully grown man and he's there with his like caregiver who's this like beautiful woman and the guy Jack Cheatham or whatever um, he's giving the kid a tour but everybody says how much they hate him and he doesn't pay anybody and he's a scumbag but the kid's like oh Cheatham pictures are my favorite and it turns out that the the father was like the oh, the founder of the studio, and they made all these low budget movies. So anyway, long story short, the Ginger Dead Man is just running around killing people, but nobody seems to notice. And then it turns out that the kid is really a Satanist who's using satanic magic to um, gain some kind of power or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the ginger dead man is going to like take over his body but then while he's casting this magic spell all the dangerous toys that were around they all actually come to life mm-hmm. and they go to rescue um cheatham and the caretaker who have been tied up and they crucify the ginger dead man with like nails through his feet and his hands and then light him on fire Oh, the ginger dead man murders the Satanist kid because he's going to, like, use the power to, like, get a human body back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a guy who's supposed to be uh, Ian McKellen comes in and shoots everybody with a shotgun and saves the day. Um, but at the end, you see that the ginger dead man still has some life in him, so it's setting it up for a sequel. Not nearly as enjoyable as the first Ginger Dead Man, which even though Tongue in Cheek was more of like a traditional movie, like mm-hmm. this is 100% just like a, a parody movie. So your mileage may vary as much as like depending on how much you care about Full Moon Pictures or whatever. Um, and the acting's not as good, and it's it's definitely like a lot more crass. Um, so now I got to watch the Ginger Dead Man three at some mm-hmm. point. Um, and also, uh, I think there's a prequel maybe or something. I don't know. Mm. Although I don't know how you have a prequel because they would just be Gary Busey. <coughs> so that's right. it. So hold on. Is this what I'm, what should have been looking for here? Let's see. Yeah, that's it. See? Yeah. That's that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's Ginger Dead Man song. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Top comment six years ago, surprisingly catchy. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. All right, so it sounds like you, at least the first one, you you enjoyed. So what the chagrin score that I'm guessing is pretty low overall? Yeah, it's like a five. Oh, okay. I mean, it's um, it's not a great movie or anything, but I enjoyed it, I think, in spite of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought I was going to hate it. Like, I've legitimately put off watching this movie for shit 15 years now or something yeah that i've known about it 
um, because I felt like it was just going to be like absolute trash. But it's it's got a heart, and I really like. I'm I'm going to start watching all the Charles Band movies. I think because this is a guy that he's not like a great filmmaker or anything, but he like cares about the stuff that he's making, and I right. I can appreciate that, you know. I mean, I'm I'm always a sucker for the idea of somebody like being invested in whatever they do, even if it's like garbage, and they know it's garbage. Um. So yeah, so it's a five. I mean, if you um, and seriously, these movies are like seventy two minutes long, so there's almost no reason not to watch them. Except, I mean, I guess they're not like good, but at the same time, like you're gonna get some enjoyment out of it, and. Um. Yeah. So, at any point, is he called the Ginger Dead Man, or do you just know that he's a Ginger Dead Man because the title of the movie is Ginger Dead Man? No, I think I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure they call him that. Mm. Because it won't. Oh, what did they call him? They call him the Pillsbury. Fuck! What is the pun? There's a Pillsbury Doughboy pun in it, and I thought that's actually like a better name for the Ginger Dead Man than the Ginger Dead Man, because um, it actually sounds more badass. Mm-hmm. But I guess they couldn't get away with calling the movie like they would be afraid. I guess of right. Hmm. Well, um. I mean, that's a winner, Frank. I mean, overall, I mean, that's a fucking ludicrous fucking movie that you just, that you watched and watched a sequel to, and it fits the theme of desserts, and it fits the season. It really does. It's um, oh. it's a win, 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 win. Yeah, <laughs> just all the wins. I, I really felt like like a big winner. Yeah, <laughs> when I was watching it, and it's a low chagrin score overall too. Yeah, yeah there's, a lot, there's a lot of winning going on. If I had to give a chagrin score to Ginger Dead Man 2, it would probably be like a 6 or 7 because I definitely, mm. um, I mean, I didn't hate it and I still saw, but it's not Charles Band and it's it's way too, it's way too on the nose, um, I guess, for me to like really get behind it. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of movies that are overt parodies of something recognizable or that you have to like have some knowledge of a thing to truly enjoy. Whereas I feel like if you are a fan of low budget horror that you can enjoy the ginger dead man. Mm-hmm. Although Gary Busey's in it for like, I swear to God, like a minute and a half. I mean, I know it's his voice like doing the voice work, but it probably took him like an hour to do the voice the lines. Cause there's not like any kind of like real talent or inflection there. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, is he capable of doing much these days? I mean... No, this is almost 20 years ago. I mean, what was he capable of then? Well, he wasn't capable of much then either. Right, I was going to say less. He's probably better off now. (laughs) I don't know about that. Um, I mean, this would have been around the time... Yeah, that would have been around the time that he was definitely in and out of rehab because he was on, like, the celebrity rehab show Uh with uh, Dr. Drew. Um. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's free on Tubi. Um, all the Full Moon feature stuff is free on Tubi. Uh, so definitely, like, I don't know. Again, results may vary depending on your level of entertainment by those things. But you know, I, I think that just watching a couple, like, a movie here and there is um is a good time. So yeah. Um, how do you feel about 
gingerbread cookies. I'm not a huge fan of gingerbread. I think Why? it's mostly useless. What's wrong with it? Uh, Too tough? No, you can get a nice soft gingerbread cookie. Um, I'm actually kind of a fan of the... Um, what's the company that makes them? The ones that they sell, the German company. Ah, uh, shit. What are they? What's that company called? The Ginger Snap Cookies from... Um, it starts with an S, the company. I, I can't remember. They Oh, no, no it doesn't start. It's, it's Vortman's. Vortman's Ginger Snap Cookies. So they have the ones that are Ginger Snap Cookies, and then they have the ones that are the Frosted Ginger Cookies. Do you not know Vortman's? No. How do you spell it? V-O-O-R-T-M-A-N-S, I think. Hmm. Hold on. I need to look see a picture of them that I might... Hmm... No, I don't know those. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. You don't know anything about cookies. <laughs> it's, it's quite a claim. Um, it's the truth because you didn't know the burgers cookies either. That's true. Is that old quick cage maybe? Um, I don't know. It was an argument we got in one time on one of these yeah. terrible movie podcasts. Right. Um, when, I, when I was a kid in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. my grandmother would buy Vortman's every year around the holidays. So they came in a long cellophane package like um, like Keebler's do, mm. but it was like a shittier cellophane than Keebler cellophane. Like it was really thin and crinkly. Um, and they always felt stale whenever you opened them. But if you dipped them in something like milk or whatever, um, you could get some some moisture in them, and they were they were pretty edible. And the frosting on them was this like just absolutely like teeth cracking like sugar sweet like shit. I mean, maybe I um, do, maybe I did know them because like, look, here's what the packaging looks like now. So maybe they maybe they looked different back then, and I and I and I would be familiar with them if I saw like the old style like. You know where they sold Vortman's cookies? Where? Value Food had them. Hmm. Over when you would go over to the left to the bakery, where Value Food had their Mm -hmm. bakery, they they always had the display of Vortman's, like right there. Do you remember uh, when you can get a free cookie at Value Food? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I would always get a um, chocolate chip, like the chocolate chocolate chip, double chocolate, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I used to get all like you know all the different cookies. They had a good oatmeal cookie of some sort, like um, like oatmeal chocolate type shit. Like, I feel like if you're eating an oatmeal cookie, you're wasting your time too. You're um probably not wrong about that, but I mean um, but you're also very judgmental about cookies. Um, I I just I just think that like if if you have no choice and you got an oatmeal cookie, oatmeal cookies can be fine. But if you can choose almost any other cookie. In lieu of an oatmeal cookie, you're better off. Like just getting an oatmeal. Like if that's if you have a multitude of cookies, and you can only take one cookie, and you say I'm gonna eat this oatmeal cookie, you may need to reevaluate your life choices. I think I, I I will just say I think you're very judgmental about. I think you're judgmental about food in general, and I think you're ultra judgy about cookies and and desserts. In fact, um, I don't. I think I think you judge a lot of like people's like tastes and desserts. Well, the um, reason for that is because, you know, having diabetes, I have to be very careful about what I eat dessert-wise. Mm-hmm. 
I can't just go crazy and eat like all the desserts. So if I'm going to eat a dessert, I need to make sure it's a dessert that's worth, you know, the fucking like drunk feeling I'm going to get from my like fucking I... <laughs> blood sugar flare up. Listen to me here. This is like, I don't know what kind of logical fallacy this is, like some kind of like post hoc shit or something. Like, this was this is long before anything with diabetes that you that you've been judgmental about like desserts and stuff like that. You don't know me. <laughs> you, you were you're trying to cast some kind of light on this. Um. Anyway, I got a ginger like ginger snap cookie from um Value Food when I was a kid, and um it was the worst thing. It was the hardest thing that I've ever like ate in my entire life, and like I like didn't actually eat it because it's like i just i felt like i was broke my young young teeth from just like <laughs> snapping it and um and i didn't eat any of it and um i took another cookie instead i think that can be true for that and that's the problem with, with um ginger cookies is they tend to be really hard yeah have you ever had fuck what do they call it there's a baltimore area i I say delicacy, but that's not the right word. Where it's like stewed beef, but they crumble up ginger cookies and rub it on the beef as like a crust, and then like they shred the beef. Um, I can't remember what you eat it with. It's been a really long time since I've had it. Um, maybe they call it ginger beef or something like that. But um, it's real weird, man. But it's delicious. But it's mm. weird. It's like one of those things where you feel like it should be disgusting, but it's not disgusting. But then at the same time, like as you eat it, you're like, this is this is actually kind of gross, but you just keep eating it. Sour beef. beef. That's what it's called. Sour beef. Look that up. Sour beef? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Sour beef and dumplings. Baltimore sour beef and dumplings. Yep, so, I, I see it. I see it. I see. I see the sour beef and dumplings. Hmm. I can't so remember is, where they where they they used to have it at one of the um one of the markets that's down there. Surprised, like they don't like that wasn't like at that German place that used to be around here. Well, the German place had sour rotten, but it's a little different. Mm. It's like some you know Baltimore like. Hobo, yeah. hobo take on <laughs> right like some real food mm. so what's your favorite cookies what cookies are worthy of the mm. frank seal of approval of the diabetes like seal of approval i what would you risk it all for a really good chocolate chip cookie is an incredible thing mm. um when you have like a mostly soft dough with slightly melted chips inside like that's Mm -hmm. pretty amazing like when they're still like warm like oh yeah 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 like out of the oven Uh um i like i like the traditional christmas cookie that is um like a sugar cookie or a peanut butter sugar cookie with a reese's or um hershey kiss in the middle of it um and this isn't really a cookie but i guess it's kind of in like 
the cookie realm um our friend chuck's mother used to make these things called holly leaves which was just oh, yeah. those uh, are good uh, cornflakes with green food coloring and kind of like a, um uh what's that called um rice crispy treat like marshmallow like thing and then two or three red hots like on them so it looked like you know like a holly leaf but when you would eat it you would get like the sweetness of the marshmallow and the rice and the um, cornflake and then like that like bite and heat of the cinnamonness of the red hot so it was uh yeah it was a pretty delicious but actually okay my I have an actual answer for this. Okay. My favorite cookie is something that my mom makes at Christmas, and they're called Forgotten Cookies, which is where she makes a meringue. Um, so, you know, just uh, um, egg whites and sugar that's whipped or whatever. I, I think that's all that's in a meringue. Mm-hmm. And then she folds chocolate chips into them, and then you turn the oven on to whatever and get it, like, preheated and hot, and then you turn the oven off and you make droplets on a baking pan of these, you know, meringues with the chocolate chips in them. And you put them in the oven and you leave them like overnight. So that's why they're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And then when you take them out the next morning, um, they've slow cooked. So the meringue is is a crust, hmm. but the chocolate chips are suspended on the inside in like this <clears throat> like web of the meringue is it's like kind of like hardened around it. Mm-hmm. And so when you, you eat it, like they immediately like melt in your mouth because when they hit the moisture of your mouth, like the sugar and the meringue just falls apart. Mm-hmm. And so you get this like flood of like the chocolate chips and the meringue, like in your, Oh my God, it's so good. That's absolutely my favorite Christmas cookie and hmm. something that my mom only makes at um, Christmas time. Yeah. I've heard you They're... talk about those before. Like, um, yeah, she I doesn't make them. Know. She doesn't make them every year either because she doesn't always make cookies. Oh, there's another kind of cookie too, and I don't know what it's called. And I'm hoping, you know, friend of the podcast, Jason Heaster, will listen to this in Texas. Um, it's kind of a it's 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 almost like a brown sugar cookie. I don't think it's necessarily chocolate, but it might be chocolate. But it's got um when it bakes, it gets like cracks in it. So when you bite it, it's still really like moist inside. Um but it also has like some bite to it and then you sprinkle um powdered sugar on top of it hmm. and uh just delicious so you know what i just and this is a boring answer but i really like uh just like sugar cookies but like soft like you know like sugar yeah cookies, yeah not uh-huh, like this hard ones. be really good what i hate is like sugar cookies with shit on them like sugar cookies with like uh sprinkles or frosting on it because those are always harder and i don't give a fuck about like the icing and shit like that that people put on like the, like the christmas ones like christmas sugar cookies i can't stand them i think it like ruins a sugar cookie <clears throat> i just eat sugar cookies all day like especially with milk yeah um i'm i'm hit or miss on sugar cookies like again i think to your point i think they have to have some um softness to them i don't like a hard sugar cookie and i get super disappointed when i bite into a sugar cookie and it just like breaks or crumbles because then i've just wasted like that part of my life where i could have eaten you know something a better cookie yeah i i I got like very mid taste i guess like um, i also love peanut butter cookies um i like yeah i like i like 
no baked peanut butter cookies are good. How do you feel about some shortbread cookies? Shortbread's fine. Yeah. That's that's very British, I think. I'm not a big fan of it, but you know. Yeah, I think I have probably like pretty uh, bland taste in cookies, honestly. Um, I came from a, a family that used to buy the tin every year at Christmas time that has the different um, different shortbread cookies in it. Mm-hmm. The one that's like that's the joke is that when you open it up, it's like filled with like buttons or like sewing shit or whatever. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, blue, yeah. the blue mm-hmm. tin. Absolutely. My grandmother used to buy one every year. Um, so yeah. I yeah, would, my, I my grandparents them. always had them. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I ate them, but I wasn't necessarily pleased with them. Um, what was let me ask you I this question about? because yeah. this mm-hmm. th- this is non cookie related. Okay. I don't mean to like spoil your narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about? flavored popcorns flavored popcorn like you know, like like caramel popcorn or i don't know what you, I don't you know, know how you at like holidays people will buy you tins of like dealing, the three different yeah deal, dealing with the trucking industry mm-hmm. um there's at least one trucking company every year that will send a giant tin of flavored popcorn in for the office to share um I'm not a huge fan of them personally, but I don't know. Like people, I mean, people love like. I don't mind popcorn, but I find popcorn to be relatively like popcorn's got to be really good for me to truly enjoy it. And maybe it's the fact that I lived around popcorn for so many sure. years, like every day of my life working in the movie theater. I just can't eat it that often. It's like, you know, if I if I go to the movies, like, every once in a while, like, I'll eat some popcorn. Um, but, like, it, I never, like, buy a popcorn for myself. It's like, I always just, like, eat some. And I, and, and I enjoy it. When I was a kid, I liked the cheese, like, the cheesy popcorn, like, shit. Um, and didn't really care for the caramel. Um, mm-hmm. But I really liked the cheesy popcorn when I was a kid. Um that's why I'm the Adonis that I am today is shit like that. But, um, right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I lost my taste for that over time. Um, and plus I don't think I, I don't think I could eat it anymore. Um, uh, cause I think it does have like whey and shit in it, but, um, but yeah, I still there, like popcorn occasionally. There is a, I believe that hers makes it. Mm-hmm. It's a sh- a street corn popcorn, um, so you know, like like Mexican street corn, the um elote. Okay. Um, it's fucking delicious, and it was one of those things where like no one could find it for a long time, and so it was this thing where people would bring it into work and everybody would be super hype, and we'd all like take a handful of them, and be like, oh my god, this is the best popcorn. Um, but then I finally found a bag and bought it, and I quickly tired of eating that popcorn. I just end up throwing away like half the mm. bag. Yeah. So. Real quick, look look at look at your screen. You see this? You thing? know that I you, you know I this? can't see anything because I have the meeting is being recorded by the host or participant, and I what? never close it out. And you never close it out. Yeah. Whenever you. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, th- th- that looks amazing. I never had anything like this. This peanut butter stuffed cookie. What? Um. I've never had a you peanut know, butter stuffed cookie before. Um, 
You're not around enough people making cookies, I guess. I'm not around enough people making cookies. Like, I I get pies. Like, you don't have at work people bringing in, like, cookies and shit? Man, I... I guess I, I, tr- I try like no, we don't like. I mean, no, I don't. Um, so do that things. Let me. I work, but um, I also try to like not be there enough to to know those kind of things. So, so let me um, let me let me give you some perspective. Today was gift basket day okay. at the office, and this is something that happens multiple times every year around the holidays. But we got the first delivery today. So a trucking company that we deal with every day sent in six giant gift baskets that are filled with chocolate pretzels and flavored crackers and spreads and, and um, you know, just like a, like a, a normal gift basket, mm-hmm. but then also sends gift basket gift baskets to the managers. So I get my own personalized one. That has like chocolate covered cherries and different flavored popcorns and stuff. And I can't eat any of that shit. So I just leave it out on the counter for people to eat. But fucking vultures, man, like they come around and like they just clean out these baskets. Like they take everything. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> the best I've, thing, I've worked at places like that in the past, just not my current job. The best thing that we get is this one trucking company is from somewhere in the Midwest and they send us these boxes of chocolate dipped potato chips. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, like a her, like a, like a ruffles chip. Yeah. That's dipped in milk chocolate that then hardens. So when you eat it, you get like this amazing, like yeah. perfect I've chocolate. Had, I've had those. Oh my God. So yeah. It's good. really good. Yeah. So would this thing kill you, Frank? This giant chocolate chip covered cookie? How big is that? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really say. I could eat like a tenth of that. I don't know. Now that <laughs> it's a lot of chocolate chips. I can I, I can feel like my back teeth aching just looking at that shit. Right. I need to go take a nap. <laughs> uh all right. Um, what cookie dough stuffed Oreos? Come on, there. There's a point where you just stop. Are those something that you can buy from Oreo? No, no, it's something you make. I guess you undo, like, take the Oreos apart and then um, mm. do t- do cookie dough and then stuff like you know the cookie dough between the Oreo. I mean, look, I'd eat it. I mean, but of course you would. I can eat Oreos. I mean, so that's one of the few things I can eat. <clears throat> um, see, and Andy's chip cookies, like using Andy's, like in like oh, I miss Andy's. And... That Andy's used to be wouldn't just overpower the entire cookie. <laughs> that's fine. You get no cookie. You just get Andy's. Why don't you just eat Andy's? I, I don't think it goes with cookie. I don't know. I think you would have to try it to see. I'm going to try it. Hmm. Birthday cake cookies. That's another one that's like overrated. I'm not a huge fan of birthday cake anything. I yeah. always think that it just doesn't taste like anything in the end. It just tastes like sugar. All right. All right. Well, there's food chat. <laughs> 2022. Um, only a few chances left. I, I know, right? Uh-huh. So you know what I did this weekend? 
What's up? I made myself Thanksgiving dinner again. Mm. You said that you were going to do this off off air. How did I did go? it. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. I bought um turkey breasts, you know, about two mm-hmm. pounds of turkey breasts, and I pan seared them and then roasted them, and I made stuffing and mashed potatoes and cranberries and I creamed corn and peas, and it was fucking delicious. Very good. And I got, it was my lunch today. It'll be my lunch tomorrow. I got enough left over to make um, Thanksgiving sandwiches. So I'm, uh, what's going to happen with all that bacon? I use it for breakfast, motherfucker. Oh, okay. Nobody knows about that. That was, that was, <laughs> that was private talk offline. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I was I curious. Like I ain't, you were, I ain't I was, embarrassed or nothing. Well, no, I was, you were talking about, like, I didn't realize, like, I just thought you were making yourself a meal when you talked about thanks, like redoing Thanksgiving, like again. Oh like, no, like, I mean, whenever I whenever I cook for myself, I'm cooking for multiple days because I ain't got much energy when I get gotcha. home most of the time to, okay, you know, make a full meal. But I um I buy bacon and the you know like a pound of bacon or whatever, a package of bacon, yeah, and I cook it in the oven on a Saturday, and then. I eat a couple slices, like whatever, and then I wrap it up. And then all week when I make myself breakfast in the morning, I have bacon that I can put with my egg sandwich. You know, I just put it in the pan when I cook the egg and heat it up and make a sandwich with it. Toast, cheese, egg, fried egg, bacon, fucking delicious. Yeah. (laughs) I I wasn't saying it wasn't. And I feel like I've perfected my fried egg technique, to be honest with you. Yeah, like I'm um, I've been really impressed with my fried eggs the past past couple of weeks. So, what are you doing? What are you doing different? I don't know. I mean, I just um, a little bit of butter in the pan, and I crack the egg on top of it, and then I mm. use my spatula to kind of shape the egg into an, an oval almost. <laughs> and when the edges start to harden, I just you know flip the flip the pan so the egg flips over, so it lands on top of the yolk. So the yolk never really breaks; it just kind of like cooks underneath the top of the egg and then i put a slice of cheese on top of the back part of the egg um until the cheese starts to melt and then i put it on my plate or on my bread and it's fucking amazing nice it's really good i don't know i've never never been a fan of fried eggs much before but um i'm i'm really digging them like they have a really good flavor the yolk is like perfectly like cooked inside it you know you get like yeah i think i've gotten i think i like them better the older i get fried eggs when i didn't well, I used to call them when I was a child. I used to call them dippy eggs because I didn't know the name for them. Well, that's I'm, I'm not talking about dippy eggs. Okay. Like a dippy egg is where you just crack the egg in the pan and let it cook until the yolk like hardens a little bit on top. And then when you like crack the yolk with your piece of bread, the liquid yolk still flows out. This is where you like, I'm flipping the egg completely over. So the oh, so it's fried. Oh, okay, it's fried on both sides. Okay. Yeah. So then yeah. that fries, but it fries like perfectly, where you get like this kind of sandwich of white around this like perfectly cooked yolk, and then mm. bacon, cheese, toast, mm. tiny bit of ketchup and hot sauce. On top I'd, of I'd have to try it because I, I once that yolk hardens a little too much, like I, I can't. It's like it's fine. I'll eat it, but but there's still like a tiny little bit of like liquidity to the yolk you know it's not like like hard yolk it's like when you when you bite into it like you still get a little bit of the ooziness like oh my god it's so good. uh-huh yeah yeah i want to go make it make the sandwich right now 
<laughs> All right. Well, let me spin this wheel real quick before you go making eggs. Um, no, I got to do it in the morning. I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning so I can make myself fried egg sandwiches. I just want mm. you to know. So, I mean, that sounds worth it. All right. Spin that wheel. I'll spin it. Got three categories left. Animal sports movie. What? That is not my category. That's your category. I didn't make that up. I made it up. Oh, an animal sports. I've already watched one. You're just trying to force me to watch fucking Air Buddies. I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil nothing, but that's probably going to be what's going to be. Or Air Bud. Make me watch. You've the seen Genesis. Air Bud. You, how come I, on, I haven't. Seen I haven't Bud. seen all. I haven't seen all the Air Buds. No, you, you haven't seen Air Buddies. You've seen Air Bud. Well, you haven't seen the, yeah the sequels to Air Bud. I, I haven't seen like Air Bud two. Oh, all right. Yeah, animal sports movies. Then we got two categories left. What are they? Why do you need to know? I don't know because maybe <laughs> I want to start playing in the head. <laughs> Un- underground menaces and abnormal oh, and abnormal superheroes. Oh, those are good categories. Well, I'm excited for the end of the spin chagrin. <laughs> and then we got oh, Christmas... abnormal superheroes, right? Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> and then, um, and then we got a Christmas bonus episode. So. Right. Um... Everybody's got buddies to look forward to out the ass. <laughs> Underground menaces. Uh... We're, gonna, we're gonna watch some fucking Tremors sequel or something. Uh, right. Or Mongolian Deathworm, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So. All right, so next week, Animal Sports Movie, um, aka Air Buddies. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch like MVP too. <laughs> I mean, it's a journey, right? You can watch whatever you want. It's your world. <sighs> All right, so coming up on the end of the Spin Chagrin, three episodes left at this point. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Deuces.